Hi, everybody. I'm Brittany Lewis with Forbes Breaking News. Joining me now is Kristen Stoller, a senior editor covering the Forbes 30 Under 30 lists. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having me, Brittany. First of all, I want to extend a big congratulations. The 2024 Forbes 30 Under 30 list has officially dropped. I know how big of an undertaking that must be. (sighs) Yes, it just feels like a giant, you know, weight off my shoulders and like I gave birth to a baby. So I am thrilled that it's live. So let's just start from the beginning here. Let's talk about logistics. How do the under 30s get chosen? So there's a lot. So we it's pretty much a whole year round process. Um, So we open up our nominations for this North America list in the spring. This year, I believe it was around March or April. Uh, We got 11,000 people who applied for just the North America list itself. So our reporters, I have a team of 54 reporters who work on this list with me for all 20 categories, and we read every single application. We look through them, we vet these people, sometimes we'll reach out with a phone call, sometimes an email, um, and that's one way we're getting candidates. The other way is for with uh, good old-fashioned reporting. So we're scouting year-round for people in our beats who we think are the best and brightest in their categories. We're talking to our sources, analysts, um, and doing some reporting that way. So it's a mix of both people applying or being nominated by a friend, family member, or colleague, and then also our own scouting and reporting. And let's talk about how you're whittling this down. Not only you, but judges too. So it goes from over 11,000 to 600 entities. Describe that process. Yes. So we have a team of four expert judges for each category, three or four, depending on the category. Um, And these are people who are the top people in each of the industries they represent. You know, we've had everyone from Taylor Swift be a judge, We've had Tory Burch be a judge, so people who are A-listers in their field, of The course. creme de la creme, exactly. yes. Exactly. Um, so we, as reporters, take a look at that 11,000. We try and narrow it down to who we believe are the top about 100 to hand off to the judges. And then from there, the judges then score that roughly 100 people and give their scores back to us. Um, but we're really looking at, because it's Forbes, we're looking at the financials. So we're looking at funding, revenue, we're looking at valuation, who people's investors are, um, what their revenue model is, if they have a solid idea that's never been done before, if there's the potential to scale. So things like that are top of mind for us. And you mentioned there are 20 categories. Can you go through the different categories a bit for us? Absolutely. So we have everything from the more creative side of things, which is music, entertainment, social media with our creators, um, sports, which is a big category, and games. We have esports too. Um, Art and style is a big one. And then we have you know, the finance, the venture capitals, the tech, consumer and enterprise, um, food and drink, marketing and advertising, media, and I, science, healthcare. It really runs the gamut. We have 20 of them. So I encourage everyone to look online and read all of them. But those are just some of the top, top ones I can think of. The list continues to be inspiring year over year over year. What are some of the inspiring stories this year? Does anything stick out to you? Oh, yes. There's one story that I love. Um, Raja, who is our social impact callout with her co-founder, Ray, they co-founded this company called Invisaware. And it came from when one of the co-founders was in college. She had a very scary experience that a lot of women have, which is she was being catcalled late at night, walking home from a class. Uh, one of the men got out of the car, and she got very scared and just ran all the way back to her house. And from there, she was kind of inspired to rethink the 911 call and rethink 
you know, how women can feel safer at night and just when, you know, pretty much in any setting. So she teamed up with one of her friends from college, Ray, to create this jewelry, which is called Invisiware. And it's like a little button about that big, either on a necklace or on a keychain or on a bracelet or a watch. And if you double tap it, it'll connect you with an ADT security. And then from there, you have the option to call 911. So they saw, I think they did about $6 million in revenue last year. And it's taken off. So that's one of my favorite stories. She's one of our big call-outs this year on the social impact list. That's incredible. And that's a story many women, many girls can relate to. Absolutely. I do now want to pivot a little bit. And you actually broke the list down by some numbers. Yes. What are some of those stats? Give us a taste of that. I absolutely can. Okay. So the first is the total funding raised by all of our people on the list is $3.6 billion this year. And interestingly enough, that is down from last year. Last year, it was at $5 billion. And I think just people were getting, there was so much funding floating around after the pandemic, and now it's finally come back to normal. And is that a normal number now, that in the $3 billion neighborhood? That's pretty normal based on what we've had pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, the youngest person on our list this year is 15 years old, if you can believe it. So the average age that we have on the list is 27. Um, this year, we reached an all-time high with gender parity, which I am thrilled about. Uh, we have 42% of people on the list identify as female, 1% non-binary, and 57% male. That's incredible. Love yeah. to hear more women's stories being highlighted. Another number that you pulled I found very interesting was the average amount of hours per week worked. Yes. What does that look like? 66 hours per week these listers work on average, which is up from last year. Last year it was 64 hours a week. So sadly, they're putting they're in the time. More, I know. Don't like to hear that. You know, no, that not at putting all. Putting in a lot more time, but getting great results, being on the list. And when you boil down the list this way by the stats, what is surprising to you? I think the most surprising thing to me is, uh, well, I guess this shouldn't be too surprising, but obviously this is the greatest number of Gen Z that we've ever had. And we're starting to get more of Gen Alpha too, especially with you know the youngest being 15. That was super surprising. Um, the number of immigrants has always stayed pretty much the same. This year you have 23% of people on the list are immigrants and uh, 43% self-identify as people of color, which is really exciting. Um, so that's those have been some interesting, surprising things for me. I do want to talk about Gen Z a little bit because as millennials start to age out, become over 30, mm. you're seeing more Gen Z on the list, as you said. So what is the difference that you're seeing between the Gen Z de- generation, perhaps the Gen Alpha generation from millennials? I think for me and as a millennial member, which has been really, I've learned so much from Gen Z. I continue to every day. Yeah, I think it's that they are not afraid to really put themselves out there and promote themselves. Whereas I think for us millennials, it's like, take what you're given, like be humble, do this. They're in a great way, like really promoting themselves and pumping themselves up and saying like, here's why I'm awesome. Here's why you should consider me. And they really reach out in a way that I feel like millennials are sometimes scared to. And I love that. I want to channel that energy all the time. I do think in the difference I've seen is that they are more self-assured, where our generation definitely has a lot of self-doubt. A hundred percent. And I'm working on it. And Gen Z is inspiring me. Oh, absolutely. And you and I had this same conversation last year. So I'm curious how this year is shaping up to be different than last year's list. 
This year, we are seeing a lot of AI, and that's like the big buzzword right now, but I feel like almost, I'd say a good majority of the applications mentioned AI in some way. Um, we have, you know, on our marketing list, um, the, our big call out there who did the photo shoot with us is um, with this company called Tavis, and they are using AI to change the face of marketing, which is really interesting because you don't really feel that way about marketing and, and advertising, but they're doing this thing where you as you know a company like a, a Salesforce or a Meta can record a video of yourself and then using AI, it'll clone the video hundreds of times and put in a different word or phrase or person. So if you're pitching a client or saying, it'll like put in their name instead of oh. it using AI. So that's been cool. Um, we have AI for insurance, AI bot selling insurance, which is really interesting. So that's been a big theme this year that I feel like has been quieter in previous years. And I'm, I am curious about what this does to a person's personal brand because we're seeing like we do every year the under 30 list go massively viral you can't go on instagram the day of the launch day go on twitter it's automatically trending you see who's a new under 30. Mm -hmm. what does this do for your personal brand i can only speak anecdotally from what our community members have told me but i feel like for a lot of them it helps a with funding they are able to get conversations with venture capitalists and other people that they might not have been able to before. So I think that is a big get for them. Um, the other is just the sense of community. So when you make the under 30 list, you're then part of our under 30 community. We have um, internal Slack groups and other systems where they can communicate. And a lot of under 30s find each other, collaborate with each other, and then come up with business ideas or you know, buy each other's companies out or merge and things like that. So that I think is part of the magic of being on the under 30 for these people. Forbes had it first. It's been duplicated many times, the under 30s. My alma mater does a under 30, Aww. Temple University. The Love it. The first uh, professional event I've ever been to, fresh out of college, I actually went to the under 30 event in Philadelphia. I was not a lister. I oh was my just, gosh, just that's there amazing. for fun. So this really resonates with people, yeah. under 30 in general. Why do you think that is? I think it's just, you know, it's part of like, it's an achievement like any achievement. You know, it's like, Everyone wants to feel a sense of accomplishment and like they've done something great and the business they've created is great. But I think it's, I think it's again goes back to the community aspect. It's like you are in such good company. You're with Rihanna, you're with Malala Youssef, you're with all of these really inspirational people and you're in good company. So I think being part of that group is, you know, a validator. It shows that you've done something incredible and you've changed the world or your industry. Um, and I think that's really important to people. And I know that this will be hard, but if you could boil down this year's list into one word, one characteristic that all of these under 30s embody, what is that word? This year for me, I think it's grit. We're seeing people coming out of the pandemic, coming out of war, coming out of all this negative stuff that's been going on and still finding a way to move forward and keep building and do better than previous years. Kristen Stoller, once again, big congrats to Thank you. Thank you. Everyone, check out the list. It is out now. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Brittany.